So thanks everyone. I can see everybody here except one student. And uh, we have to get started on time. We are already late by three minutes. So let's get started. And Tom is already waiting. He is kind enough to wait late evening his time and do this session for us. So over to Tom. Let me share my screen here, and uh, hopefully that will be something you can all view. Let me maximize it. So how many people are over there? Right now there are 13 people, Tom. 13? Okay. Great. That's a small group, but hey, that's that's fine. So uh, can you all see my screen? Yeah. Okay, great. So uh, of the people who are who are here, how many are brand new to technical writing? Can you just tell me like maybe how many people raise their hands? So they have raised their hands and I can see pretty much everybody except a few. So I would say nearly 10 plus. Yeah. And of the people who are new, are these are you guys coming straight out of college or are you, are you transferring from another uh, profession perhaps? So how many from fresh out of college? I can see two hands and others, I'm assuming others are working somewhere. Okay. So out of 13, two are from fresh out of college and remaining 11, they are working somewhere. Oh, they're already working somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people are already working as a technical writer. No, they are not working as a technical writer. They are working in another, uh, as something else. It could be, uh, give me an example, say, yeah, somebody is in sales. So, yeah, we have people coming from different professions into this uh, technical writing. Uh, okay. They want to post this as, as their profession, as a career. Okay, okay. Well, great. Yeah, I mean, uh, rule number one of any kind of writing project is to know your audience, right? And so uh, now that I get a better sense of who I'm talking to, hopefully I can um, better tailor the information. Just a little bit about me, first of all. I, I have a blog at I'dRatherBeWriting.com where I blog a lot, write a lot about topics in technical writing. Uh, I work for a company in San Jose, California called 41st Parameter. It's it's somewhat of a startup, but also part of a larger company uh, called Experian. And I've been in the space of technical writing for about a dozen years. Um, I really enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. And this kind of uh, exudes on my blog. People, um, a lot of people interact and, and some people disagree with me, other people agree, and so it's a lot of fun to just be in this space. There's a lot of, a lot of cool topics uh, and, and things to do. So here's how I'm going to approach this. Uh, I recently wrote kind of an introductory chapter to a book that, that uh, um, somebody was writing, and they asked me to contribute something about technical writing. So it's a, just a few pages, but it, it was an overview about technical writing. And I pulled some of these points uh, from this introductory chapter and just put them in a very plain list here uh, of, of a few slides. And I thought I'd go through this and sort of talk about some of um, some of these points in the context of my current role, whatever projects I'm working on as a technical writer, so I can hopefully bring them to life a little bit. The core role of a technical writer is really to explain something complicated to people. Uh, you, you never are really going to have a technical writer explaining something simple. There would be no need to hire somebody to do it. right? So you usually work in complex information, and your primary role is to help people understand it. Um, usually, in the United States, uh, the software industry is the main 
um, industry where, where technical writers work. I'd say most of the jobs, if not all of the jobs in Silicon Valley are, are geared towards software or some towards networking and maybe hardware in terms of wafers and other components within computers. Uh, in other countries like Germany, a lot of the jobs are in manufacturing engineering. So you may have people working in uh, documenting airplanes or documenting machinery for restaurants or doing other kinds of machine like automobiles and other sort of physical machine products that they document. Uh, the main deliverable, pretty much regardless of where you're working, is a user guide or help file of some kind. You are you're really you're really delivering some kind of instruction to people in the form of uh, you know tasks concepts diagrams other kinds of information um, that people are using to learn how to do how to work a product how to work software how to how to operate some machine um, now there are, there are a lot of variety there's a wide variety of jobs and industries um, but pretty much any company that has engineers also has a need for technical writers. So you could be in something like um, chemistry. And if there's a chemical engineer that's writing some really complex uh, details around chemistry, you know, maybe there's a technical writer in that context as well. Wouldn't be as common. Software is probably the most common. But anywhere there are engineers, there are also technical writers. And your ultimate goal is really to help people understand and use the products that engineers are building. Let me just pause here. And Akash, are there any questions that people want to ask? Uh, I'll pause at each slide so you can raise your hand and just ask a question if you want, or I can keep going. Sure, so I'll, I'll ask them. Any questions so far on what he's covered? Nothing so far, Tom, you can continue. Okay. So now I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into what technical writers do. I mentioned that the main thing is that they create documentation, right? Um, what I'm currently working on is uh, I'm working on a, a, a help site, user guide. It's, you know, I hesitate to say the term user guide because it implies some kind of PDF that people are printing out. It's really a, a documentation site. Um, and I think this is the core uh, deliverable that a lot of people either create or should create. Uh, PDFs are still quite common, surprisingly, among tech in the field of tech com. Um, but I think uh, you know these websites that have help information are super critical. Um, the help information usually uh, explains core tasks that users need to do with the application or with the product. Uh, what are the real business goals that users have? Um, and, and how do they accomplish them? And your, your goal is to make it as simple as possible. Um, and this is, this is a challenging sort of thing because products are not very simple a lot of times. Um, the one I'm working on right now is, is uh, it's pretty complicated. And there are a lot of different components and experts involved in it. We have you know, application systems engineers who are creating infrastructure. We have field engineers who are who are doing uh, they're configuring systems for specific scenarios for users. We have research scientists who are coming up with like the right uh, formula for 
how to input different fields and, and how to adjust the different settings for an optimal way. Um, and then there's there's how you navigate inside the UI and, and what what you do with each of the the, uh, the fields, how you populate things and create files. And, you know, so there's a lot of complexity and you draw upon different groups. Uh, you may you probably meet with project managers um, in regular meetings with engineers, you know, in, in scrum teams, as they call them, these agile environments where people are meeting every day, pushing out software every, every two weeks or some kind of update. At any rate, um, documentation is the main thing that you work on. Um, you might also do a few other things like contribute user interface text. Um, this is something that may or may not be as applicable. Um, if you're if you're working on a product that's already pretty mature, it's been out there for a while, and you're just kind of documenting some new update to it, maybe you you you, you can't really do much with the UI except for whatever was updated. But if you're working on a 1.0 version of a product, something that people are just releasing, you have a tremendous opportunity to really rework all the the fields and button names in the in the user interface. And, and I recently did this. I, I basically uh, took a lot of the screenshots, put them into Adobe Illustrator, and came up with um, what I thought were much better names. And about a third of them were adopted. Um, but but it, unlike with documentation, where you kind of are your own master, um, when, with the UI, there's a lot of different people who own it, from the project manager to the designer to engineers. And so you really have to make a persuasive case to, to change uh, some kind of text there. You will also make information visual. Um, nobody likes to read long text, right? So you've got, to, you've got to find ways to add concept diagrams or workflows. Uh, find ways to spruce it up. Uh, you know, even if you're just working with text, you can shape that text to be visual. You can add more paragraph breaks, break it up with lists. Um, you can add notes or alerts. You can add subheadings. All of these techniques help make the, the information more um, consumable. Um, but, but especially if you're able to, even if you just add a screenshot now and then, uh, not, not too many, right? Because you don't want to just overload it with screenshots, but maybe a screenshot every couple of pages. Um, it's really helpful to balance things out and help people understand. Uh, but, it, but especially if you can create concept diagrams that show like larger pictures of what's going on uh that is is really uh a strong um asset in in the tech comm skill set another thing that you will do as a technical writer is uh is manipulate the information in intelligent ways um you will use strategies to reuse content you may have um three guides, for example, to produce three help sites. And uh, one is for each one is for a little bit different audience. Um, and so you'll reuse content. Maybe 80% of the content is the same from one output to the other. And you have to figure out, well, how do I reuse that content and change it a little bit? Maybe there's just one term that changes. Maybe there's a whole steps that change. Maybe there are whole sections. Um, but, but there are different tags and strategies that you can leverage depending upon your tool that you're using and your your authoring methodology um, and you'll you'll use these these uh, tags to intelligently reuse content uh, conditionalize it and make it so that you're not copying and pasting from one 
document to another um, in order f to get these outputs. And then finally, an another huge task that technical writers do is set up authoring and publishing tools. Um, and this is, uh, I, I refer to this often as tooling, and this is really um, the core of what I find most engaging, actually. Um, I, I love working with content. I mean, I write tons of content on my, my blog, and I also write a lot of content at work. But I love being in control of the whole publishing process uh, from start to end. Um, I like figuring out layouts and creating my own styles in my style sheet and deciding how to organize the content, maybe um, more folders, less folders, related posts. Uh, maybe you have a homepage that has its own navigation components. Um, but, but you really have a lot of creativity that you can express through these authoring and publishing tools. You might think, oh, these are technical tools. How is this creative? Well, really, it is a creative act because you're, you're building something. You're making something that wasn't really there. And a lot of these tools can be complex. And uh, when, you, when you become an expert in them, it empowers you to do a lot of um, cool things with content. Now, all the people at your company will probably just take it for granted, whatever tool you've, you've kind of um, leveraged to publish, and they'll just look at the output. But uh, within your teams, your tech comm teams, it can be a huge asset if you become the tools person who is an expert at um, configuring and setting things up that makes authoring efficient for everybody else. All right, let me pause here. Um, Akash, is there any questions that people have about what technical writers do? I'll check with them. Any questions so far, guys, that you want to ask? Yeah, there's one question. Yeah. Examples for an author in publishing. So uh, one question is that you mentioned that you can make things creative. So can you give an example of authoring and publishing tool that helps you do that? Um, well, <clears throat> yeah, um, so right now, if you, if you follow my blog, you'll know that I've been exploring a new tool called Jekyll, J-E-K-Y-L-L. -L. It's a static site generator. It's really a, a tool that fits well into the API documentation space. So if you have a lot of developers creating documentation, <clears throat> Jekyll's a great tool, uh, and you have um, a lot of control. You have absolute control over uh, the entire look and feel of it all. Um, but even if you're working with a help authoring tool, more common in the tech comm world like uh, Madcap Flare, you've got to set up the styles, how you want things to look. For example, let's say you have a, a collapsible section. You know, how much spacing, how much letting between the lines, how, what color is it going to be? Is it going to be, is the link itself going to have a, an icon next to it? How does that icon change and where do you put it? And, you know, things like that. Um, even, even as small as they seem, um, somebody has got to make the decisions and you want to try to match the brand of your company. If you can, if you've got a color scheme or some kind of icons or a font or something, you want to incorporate that into whatever techcom tooling you have. So, um, other tools that you know, the tools question is 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 not one I want to dive too deeply into. Uh, but 
there's a lot of different tools in the industry right now, and it's it's somewhat fragmented um, in that there's no people ask me this question all the time. They're like, what tools should I use? You know, somebody was just emailing me the other day. He's trying to break into freelancing, wants to provide help for companies and wants to specialize in a specific tool that's going to be most popular to companies. And I thought, well, uh, good luck because I would say that if, if you put a hundred tech writers in the room, maybe 5% would have commonality in, in the tools they use. But common to all tools are underlying languages such as HTML or markup languages, HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. So if you learn those, you can pretty much dominate in whatever tooling sort of infrastructure you're working in. Any, any other any other questions? Any other questions? No, you can continue now. Okay. All right. Let's go to my next one major challenges what kind of challenges do technical writers face number one is understanding how a product works and uh, you know in my current role it's been really humbling <clears throat> when I started there um, we have an API that's in three different languages it's in and when I say languages I'm referring to programming languages it's in uh, Java uh, C++ and C sharp or .NET and um, so just trying to, to understand the code when people make an update um, can be really challenging. A lot of times for all these products, you rely on engineers to explain things to you. And you'll really have to figure out how to work productively with engineers. Engineers are they're, they're a unique lot. Some of them love to help you and they love to explain things. And sometimes just asking them a question kind of piques their interest to see if they can answer it. Um, it, it's like a challenge, you know, you know, throw anything at me. I'll explain it. You know, I'm, I'm the smartest alpha tech here. Kind of, kind of an attitude. Um, other engineers are just sort of introverted and, and quiet. Uh, hold on. My kids are playing in the background. Just one sec. Hey, Kelly, Kelly. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like 8.30 p.m. here or 9 p.m. here. All right, so so the other, other challenge, um, as far as getting information from engineers who are, who are introverted, is uh, trying to just, just pull them aside when there's a million questions that remain, um, just asking them and getting information from them constantly. You really have to be bold sometimes. I like to think of a technical writer somewhat as an investigative journalist, right? You're trying to get to the bottom of something and you've got to talk to lots of people. So you've got to, like, even if you're an introverted writer, you have to somehow come out of your shell and, and knock on people's doors, set up meetings, force them to review content, uh, just be relentless in terms of um, just extracting information and absorbing it. So you'll, a lot of times you'll, you'll go to every single meeting, well, most meetings, you'll go to all the, the developer meetings and they'll talk in their jargon and it'll be hard to understand. You'll be like, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm just a fly on the wall. But then you'll get little chunks and nuggets and it'll start to sink in <laughs> over a period of weeks. And pretty soon you'll, you'll, you'll be writing you know, task and article and, concepts and so forth and they'll come together 
and you'll build on it and by the time you release your product you'll actually have half decent instructions but it's not something that you just sit in front of a computer figure out in 30 minutes on your own and you're done um products can be incredibly complex and the more the more complex they are the higher paying they are um a lot of the jobs in technical writing are often for internal products behind the firewall that nobody on the web is going to you know provide free tutorials uh, they're extremely complex and require specialized skill sets. So, um, you're working in a you're working in a high tech space, and 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 but there's lots of uh, it's it can be fun interacting with the engineers. I don't mean to paint it as this giant battle. Um, it's a great environment. Even though you do interact with engineers, you also work in isolation a lot of the times. Um, you may you may have two hours of meetings and maybe a couple other informal chats, and then you're sitting at your computer for a long period of time um, trying to do something. And maybe you're trying to do some technical task that is just like uh, eluding you. Um, but you work in isolation a lot and you sit down a lot. Right, Sitting is actually not very good for your health, people are finding. So... Uh, some people actually have standing desks now. My desk has a little button on it where I can raise it up and stand, and uh, I don't I don't really do that much, but a lot of people do. But I mean, the whole career itself—you're in front of a computer, and this may be a good thing, right? Maybe you had a previous job where you were doing construction or something, right? Uh, and so this is a welcome change. But just get prepared. Um, I bike to work has been one of—it's been one of the things that's been helpful. I, I don't recommend biking in Bangalore, <laughs> having been there and seen the traffic. But uh, any way you can fit in exercise into your day is helpful. Finally, I just want to mention one other challenge, uh, and that's meeting regulation standards. Um, it can be difficult in some industries, particularly in, in manufacturing engineering, to be familiar with all these regulatory standards and to comply with them. Uh, if you're in the finance industry, there are standards. The medical industry, there are standards. And these manufacturing, engineering, there are standards. In software, you're not going to find too many standards that you have to worry about. But just be aware that, uh, uh, that there are there there are like governing boards that try to ensure that uh, documentation uh, helps avoid dangers with products. I mean, especially if you're operating something that costs millions of dollars, it's incredibly dangerous if you don't configure it right. You know, you want to hold people accountable to properly document this so that um, people can operate it safely and that uh, your company isn't reliable if you if you miss something. So those are those are the main challenges in working with technical writing. Is there any questions or or things that people want to ask or comment on? Let me check any question pertaining to what you just uh, shared? No, Tom, we can proceed. Okay. By the way, you can, I know these slides are not anything exciting, but if you go to I'd rather be writing.com slash podcast slash intro to technical writing, you can get them. Um, now, a lot of technical writers resent the fact that the name, the term writing is in the job title uh, because, as I mentioned a little while back, you're doing a lot more than writing. Right, you're designing the tooling, you're doing UI kind of work, maybe you're um, you're gathering information. So, a lot of people say technical writer 
Uh, no, I do way more than writing. So they have these alternative job titles. Some people like to be called an information developer. Um, maybe it makes them feel like a developer. You're often grouped with engineers. Um, so it sometimes makes you feel more uh, specialized if you're also doing engineering. So some people like knowledge engineer. I think it sounds kind of corny. Uh, a lot of people are using the term content strategist. Now, a content strategist actually does a heck of a lot more than just a technical writer. I mean, a content strategist is, is really another job title. It's not like a synonym for a technical writer. Uh, but I put it in here because some technical writers are sort of hybrid content strategists. And they like to think of themselves as content strategists because it, you know, it gives more importance and meaning to what they're doing. It says, look, I'm, I'm taking the whole content lifecycle from the time the customer gets your marketing material to the time they interact with the website and how they um, get the documentation and their touch points with support and your implementation engineers. And through all these points, they're coming in contact with content. How, how are we consistent across all these touch points? How do we ensure that the customer experience is, is positive? You know, you're not just writing a, a simple little user guide. You're actually looking at the content across your company and how how it interacts with the uh, the customer. So that's sort of the vision of the content strategist. Um, and obviously, a lot of technical writers they're sort of doing that content strategy. If you're the only writer in your company and you're handling you know five different domains and, and so forth you really could be be playing a content strategy role um technical communicator is another title I, i've never liked the term communicator i feel like it's uh you know is it uh hand signals that we're doing uh, it, it doesn't seem like the right term but a lot of people like it um and the field itself is referred to as technical communication um, so if you if you're trying to get the latest news, for example, in the field, and you go to Twitter, go to hashtag techcom, t t e c k, sorry t e c h c o m m. Um, finally, user assistance professional is is a term that uh, the the uh, organization called Writers UA really prefers because you're you're assisting users. Um, that's really what you're doing. You're not really writing. You're assisting them in, in their journey to understand and, and use your product. So, you know, why am I highlighting all these job titles? Well, how we refer to what we do really reflects a lot about what we think we're doing. Um, so, if you know, if, if you call yourself a technical writer, maybe you think my job is to write technical information. But if you think of yourself as a as a knowledge engineer, maybe you're thinking, well, I'm engineering solutions. I'm engineering like whole solutions that, that proliferate knowledge across the company. So maybe I'm setting up a wiki and maybe I'm creating documentation portals or I'm enhancing search. You know, maybe you see yourself doing more technical tasks. Um, if you're a user assistance professional, maybe you think, well, the user's primarily in the, in the user interface and that's where I'm going to focus my, my labor. So, uh, your job title does reflect on how you perceive yourself. Now in the job market, when you're looking for a job, the term technical writer is hands down the one that is used almost 95% of the time. So, uh, regardless of the creative title you use, technical writer is ultimately what it boils down to in the job market. 
All right. Any questions? Any I questions? No. Okay. I just have a few. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. one question. For okay. You. Okay. So the question is that there could be a lot of people who are not technical and have to work with tools. Uh, how do we cope? How do such people cope with uh, technology and technical tools? If you're not technical and you have to cope with tools, uh, well, you have a few choices. One is you could become technical. Um, no, nobody's born technical. You you learn it, and um, there are different <coughs> focuses. Uh, you know, a lot of the tools nowadays, actually, in multinational companies, um, there's a tools team. For example, let's use Dita, for example. There's a tools team that sets up a whole authoring workflow environment, tools process. They've already set up style sheets, publishing um, outputs. All you have to do is open up some editor, such as Oxygen XML, follow a very specific pattern. Um, maybe putting uh, certain steps in a sequence and you're done. So if that, that may be something that suits you. If you, so you don't have to get into the tool part of the tech technical writing. Um, and so, yeah, in these big multinational companies that are going to be the main hiring bodies, uh, over there, um, a lot of the tooling may not be a huge challenge, but still the product that you're documenting is going to be technical. I mean, it's, in the word technical writing, right? It's not writing about non-technical things. So different products have different levels of technical requirements. So there's a lot of, a lot of products that have a, a graphical user interface. You navigate it, you figure it out. You know, it's not, it's not rocket science. Other products may be entirely from the command line and something extremely technical. So there's a range of, of things. And uh, I know in my, a few jobs ago, I had a, more of a soft skill sort of um, job and um, you know was, I could figure out a lot of the stuff on my own and, and my audience that I was writing to they weren't developers they were just regular people so yeah you there's there's space for people who, who aren't as technical if you love to write and you're good with language you know that's a huge a huge skill set that is extremely valuable um, all right, let me, I know I only have about a half hour, so let me, I just have a couple more <laughs> slides here. Let's see. I want to talk briefly about career pathways, how people get into tech comm, because this is often something asked. So asked. So it's, it's, it may not be applicable if you're already transitioning from another profession, but if you're an English major, you know, this is the type of person who maybe isn't super technical, right? I was an English major. I actually have a master's in creative writing. Neither of the professions uh, was technical by any means. Um, so I've, I've sort of uh, learned a lot of things on my own. And the great thing about the time we live in is that there's so many online resources. Safari Books Online, lynda.com, Treehouse. You just Google some of these things and you're going to find so many different uh, resources. So you can, you can really learn. Um, if you're a visual learner, I highly recommend lynda.com. Um, of course, if you're a software engineer, that can be extremely helpful, 
But at the same time, you know, if you're a software engineer, that doesn't mean that you're going to automatically understand everything. Uh, and software engineers may struggle more with the writing and the language and the content organization. You know, um, words, I feel, I feel like I can fill up a page pretty easily and words are, they flow and they can shape them quickly and easily. And I don't know if that's always the case if, uh, if you have an engineering background. So, um, at the same time, if you're an engineer and you understand how things work, it's a huge, huge asset. Um, you have to be a self-learning technophile, I think, to really excel. Whoops, and I misspelled that. It should be technophile. Somebody who loves technology. Uh, you can also be a library scientist, linguistics expert, uh, hobby filmmaker. You know, there's a lot of different pathways. The, the interesting thing about tech, tech com is that very few people start out their their journeys in life uh, entering college university thinking i want to i want to be a technical writer um most people fall into it in some way or another maybe you major in anthropology and you know you're this is the case with sharon burton a well-known person in the field she majored in anthropology she was doing a lot of projects studying how groups of people learned certain skills and when she uh, fell into tech com, uh, she realized that a lot of these, these, these observations of figuring out how people learn really applied to tech com, obviously, because you're trying to teach somebody how to learn. Um, but, uh, other sort of pathways, let's say you really like digital media and film. Well, there's a whole niche of, uh, instructional video that, that is highly relevant, um, doing animations and putting together just quick instructional videos, that show people how to do things can be extremely helpful. Um, I think uh, I think this is my oh, I think I have just two more slides. Uh, so ideally, if you now this is maybe more geared towards people still in college, but double major in some technical field as well as a humanities field. You know, if you've got an engineering background, great. Um, Boost up your graphics and digital media skills. I love Camtasia Studio. I like I, I love the opportunity to create video tutorials because I'm a visual learner, um, and I also do a lot of like websites. I love uh, the coding behind that. Um, and there's a whole other field that I haven't even talked about um, that usually gets marginalized, but there's biology and life sciences has a tremendous amount of technical writing that goes on. So if that's your thing, there's a lot of opportunities there. Okay, so valuable attributes to have, um, writing skills, being good with computers. You gotta have patience when you troubleshoot things. Uh, now, this is this is not to be underestimated. My wife literally once um, threw a mouse, like a like a you know computer mouse, across the room, slammed the computer on the desk because she couldn't figure out how to do something. She had ordered a bunch of books online and couldn't figure out how to cancel it through the site. And she was just very frustrated. Um, and she tells me she has no patience for, for this sort of thing. She, she's smart and can usually figure things out in the snap of a finger, in the snap of your fingers. And when she can't, it frustrates her. Um, so technical writing, uh, you're often, you're often working on problems for extended periods of time. So you've got to be very patient. You have to be courageous enough to ask questions, um, even when it makes may make you feel um, dumb. Um, you have to remember that, that uh, a lot of times these engineers have been talking about projects for months before you even come on the scene and they just 
they don't ever stop to explain some of the basic uh, things and concepts and they love jargon acronyms and all kinds of server technologies will just be things that may be uh, really hard to grasp but you have to be able to raise your hand ask questions maybe come up to people and say can you explain this and finally i know this is sort of a, a poor thing to have as my last bullet but as a technical writer you're not the you're not the superstar in an organization you're kind of like this this um checkbox that people have to check off you know do you have the docs yeah okay but really the the engineers are the the superstars in organizations and the you the ui designers you know they're the, the flashy outputs that or they have you know the stuff that people see and interact with um people People like what you do about as much as they like uh, the tax forms and reading stuff that, that that they don't want to have to read, right? But most people think I shouldn't have to resort to a manual. I should just be able to figure something out. And so, you know, your whole status as a as a contributor is sort of this sometimes this person who's providing something that other people think is isn't needed or shouldn't be needed. It's not always the case. I'm just you know throwing it out there that you're you're uh, you might have somewhat of a low status, but you're a team player, and you know people value what you do. And certainly without you, people realize that um, they're going to get a ton of support calls. Uh, people are going to get frustrated using the product. So you do play a key role. And that is all I have. Um, if you go to my blog, I'd rather be writing com slash category slash beginner tips. I have a ton of information uh, geared towards beginners. And somebody told me at the conference I was at at TC World India that they actually found this category, the beginners category, really helpful. There's a there's a button on my on my main toolbar that says beginners, and you'll find a ton of information there. Um, so uh, before I close, um, Akash, are there any other questions that people have? Um, I think. No, I'll check with them. Any other question, guys? Uh, there is one question, Tom. Okay. So, Tom, the question is that uh, you talked a lot about products and software and other areas where technical writers are required. Do you see or have you um, come across writers who are in the services industry? That are in the what industry? Services. It oh, may services. not. Oh, services. Yeah, services. Yeah. Can you give me an example of a company in the services industry? I think companies that are servicing other uh, product companies, they could be uh, for staff augmentation or they could be developing they could be consultants uh, they 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 have a bunch of consultants on their uh, bench so it's companies like those i'm assuming that's what you so. um and the other example is network support okay well yeah i mean um there's lots of exam there's lots of opportunities in in any of these um consulting services firms sure if you develop a solution for somebody, let's say you, let's say you're like part of a Drupal development group, um, and you build a big website for somebody. Well, they're going to want instructions on how to use the website, right? And and any service that you provide to somebody, people are going to want documentation on how to use it. Um, it's just like part of the of providing that service. Um, 
so so you know that's actually a a, a great sort of uh, angle to hit if you because a lot of times these well the smaller services groups may just have the engineers try to wing it and do it and they do a terrible job they open up word and it's just like a document that's not intelligible at all so you could provide a lot of value there if you were to come in as a consultant to a consultant firm um as far as uh let's see somebody mentioned uh oh man it's already lost on me <laughs> somebody mentioned another another area what was it it was network support network support okay yeah so yeah. there are a lot of jobs in in uh networking um in fact one of my first jobs was uh documenting a giant storage array um so it was in in the networking field and that is an area that uh i didn't know much about when i took the job and realized it is like extremely technical and there was a lot to know and learn so if you've got expertise in networking yeah there are a ton of jobs in that um and a lot of the people who work in those fields they 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 provide documentation for working on the command line and you also have, um, you know, if you're if you're creating some kind of documentation that's not tied to the computer, you have a lot of interesting possibilities in publishing out to maybe um, mobile formats, uh, Kindle books or something, or or just making your site responsive and or maybe available offline, but something people can consult while they're in the field. I've heard stories where technicians are are going to an elevator, for example, like a repair technician, and they pull out their iPad and they, they look and see what's wrong with the elevator. There's an error code and they punch it into the iPad and does a little search and then it pulls up the error problem and then maybe you've got a video there that instructs the person how how to fix it or what's wrong. You've got a diagram. Um, <coughs> Flare, uh, one of the help authoring tools, showed me a really cool thing where... They actually have augmented reality, um, which is like if you look at something uh, in a certain way, it shows that you this like pop out 3D view. So it looks kind of like a hologram right there, um, right within their documentation. So if you have some kind of machinery component uh, to a, a mechanic in the field, um, that could be really cool, you know, something that you do that, that's uh, not necessarily a, just a software documentation task. Cool. Thanks, Tom. Any other question? Okay, so there is no other question, Tom. Uh, okay. Anything else that you would like to share before you close? Well, um, you're really starting out on a great journey. I think a lot of people email me and, and ask if technical writing is a good fit for them. And I really do think it is a great fit. It's, it's, a, it's an awesome career. Uh, you have, I mean, we're in super interesting times right now with the way technology is exploding. I mean, more than any other industry, it's just becoming the, 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 the shaping force that's like revolutionizing society. And to be part of this and to be immersed in these technical groups is a lot of fun. So uh, enjoy and, and feel good about your, your decisions for your careers. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Tom. Really appreciate that you took time off on a Friday evening, kept your girls locked in the room <laughs> and did this session for us. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye, -bye. Have a nice weekend.